listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Buddha Nation? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and Makers Mark. And there's a lot to get to for this particular episode because the last couple of days for the Saints, there's been a couple of splash reports per usual, which happens every offseason. But there's also been some actual reporting and good positive news regarding the Saints, and that's their cap situation, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. But the first thing I want to talk about is the Jameis Winston news. Now, there's no contract signed yet. There's no official deal or deal that's imminent at this time because obviously it is only the first week of March and there's still time before free agency free agency is about two weeks away a little bit over two weeks away and then things will be ramping up around then but there were two pretty well respected reporters who come out and talk about the Saints being open to resigning Jameis Winston obviously the wording's a little bit different for some one of them from the athletic had to do with the Saints being comfortable resigning Jameis Winston the other one talking about which was from nfl networks jim trotter who's one of the better reporters out there said that his understanding is if the saints haven't already opened up contract talks with james winston they will very short uh, shortly because the system's in place the investment in james makes him believe that he's the guy they'll go after if they go the free agency route they both reporters i should say noted that the saints are going to try other options so if you're listening right now and you're like oh the saints are just bringing back james winston that's it not necessarily. The Saints are absolutely considering bringing back James Winston, which makes a ton of sense. And I'll talk about that uh, in just a minute or two. But they're going to look through the draft options, albeit not the strongest draft. And they're also going to look via trade options, which, you know, I'll talk about in just a second. I'm not all that confident about, and it has nothing to do about my thoughts on the New Orleans Saints. It just takes two to tango. And if the Saints don't have a dance partner, you can't really tango by yourself. I mean, you could try, but... It's not how it works. So the Saints looking into the idea of bringing back Jameis Winston, I think that is something that if you don't think it even makes a little bit of sense, you're just being, I would say, you know, silly at this point or stupid because it does make a lot of sense. He knows the system. He knows Pete Carmichael, how he operates. The Saints were winning games with Jameis Winston there. Now, I look at it almost like, you know, people talk about win-loss and whether or not it's, you know, a quarterback stat, it's not a QB stat. I will bang that drum every single day if I have to. But I will say that I thought Jameis Winston, considering the Saints were a defensive team, did a good job kind of going to that game manager role. Now, you lost a couple of the splash plays here and there that you were accustomed to him seeing in, in Tampa Bay. And I think actually he was a little bit more hesitant than we've ever seen him. And that's probably trying to limit the turnovers. But he did show that he could play that role. So we've kind of seen the gunslinger part of Jameis. We've seen the game managers part of Jameis. If there was ever a way to get the best of both worlds, obviously you're looking at a pretty good quarterback. But again, at this stage in his career, I don't know how attainable that is. That being said, before people are going to think that I'm completely out on this idea, there are three options when you're going to get a quarterback, right? You're going to draft a quarterback, you're going to trade for a quarterback, or you're going to sign a quarterback. If the Saints are going the signing route, there is no quarterback who makes more sense than Jameis Winston because A, he was just there, B, the market is god-awful. And see, out of the people who are available via the market, he has the most upside. Like, who are the other guys that are available in the free agency market? Guys like Teddy Bridgewater, who, again, you guys know I love Teddy Bridgewater. But if I were to compare Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston, I think Jameis Winston is a better quarterback. If I were to compare Marcus Mariota, who's also a free agent with Jameis Winston, I would say Jameis Winston's a better quarterback. So I think from the free agency standpoint, I think he would be the best option. Now, is it the flashiest option? Is it the sexiest option? No, it, it isn't. 
because if you're going for the splashy in a perfect world, what would it be? That type of move would probably be for a Russell Wilson, maybe an Aaron Rodgers, although kind of putting the word sexy and Aaron Rodgers in the same category don't look pretty good because that haircut that he's got going on is pretty abysmal. But those are the type of moves, those flashy moves that you would be like, okay, that is something that really, really sells in terms of does it pop when you see it. But if you cannot trade for a quarterback, and I think it's so unlikely because we've done this whole song and dance with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back off-seasons, at some point, we just got to accept they like the attention, and that's about it. You know, I, I don't know how many more days we have to go with Aaron Rodgers isn't ready to make a decision. How about we just not give him the attention whenever he's ready to announce that he's going to stay because if he wants to leave the worst division in football, that would just be stupid on his part. All right, we'll give him that attention on that day. So I, I think guys like Rodgers and Russell Wilson would it be cool if they were in a Saints jersey. Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. So cross off the trade route because – the only quarterback that I feel confident is going to get traded this offseason is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think if you're the Saints, if it's sign Jameis Winston or trade a draft pick to get Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the answer should be a no-brainer that you re-sign Jameis Winston. And again, I, you know, this isn't just me thinking that James, that Jameis Winston is, you know, better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think he has more upside. I think both of them are limited quarterbacks in some degree. Why would you give up a draft pick for a guy that you could just re-sign and at the very worst will give you the same value? And I, I think he would give you better value, obviously. But at the very worst, he'd give you the same impact without losing a draft pick. So I don't read that one. So I kind of take trade off the board. So then you go into, hey, is it free agency with Jameis? Or is it draft a quarterback? And while the idea of drafting quarterback is interesting, I think it's very exciting if the Saints were able to land a Malik Willis out of Liberty or Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. What are the odds on that? Because I think every year you can, you know, just absolutely just shit on the draft class and a quarterback will go high because it's a quarterback needy league. And it only takes one team to see traits in a player like a Malik Willis and say, I'm all in. And and I expect him to go top 10. I, I think he's got the gifts to do so. But even Kenny Pickett, if a team like Denver doesn't get a quarterback, right? What's to say they don't go after one there? And that's a team that's drafting before the Saints. So all of a sudden, those two guys are off the board. It's your Matt Corrals. It's your Carson Strongs. Your Sam Howells. Your Desmond Ritters. Now, if the Saints were to take a, a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter on day two, okay, I'm not going to hate on that pick. I think there are certain traits you can work with those two guys. And, and the reason I mentioned those two is because I see them as day two picks. But you would still need a quarterback for this year, which is why bringing back Jameis Winston does make a lot of sense. Look, I know like there are some people who want something new. But I think the, the thing about the Jameis Winston injury that I think is really important to note is we never really got closure on the situation. I don't think Jameis Winston played as well as some people think he plays. And what I mean by that is if I were to tweet about another quarterback, I have gotten nasty DMs or ridiculous replies about me not giving Jameis Winston a chance or me being mean towards Jameis Winston which is really the most ass-backwards thing because when the Saints signed Jameis and when the Saints said Jameis was going to start this past season, I was thrilled for him because I actually grew up watching Jameis Winston. The first memory I've had of him was watching a high school skills challenge with my brother, and, and Jameis Winston flat-out dominated that high school skills challenge while dancing around. Guy was having a ball, he was throwing darts, and he did it. And I watched him at Florida State, and he was damn good. And obviously, he becomes the number one pick, and 
it didn't go the way it went with Tampa, but I always saw the talent there. So when the Saints picked him up, I was I was very content with the move. And when he was named the starter, no brainer because he's better than Taysom Hill. And then we reached some weird point where he got hurt and a lot of people acted like he played like an MVP quarterback, which he did not. I thought he played very well considering he completely changed his blueprint. The days of him just throwing passes down the seams every single snap didn't happen. So I thought for him to adjust his game and show that he could play a different style was impressive. But the reason I bring up the injury is because the injury didn't give us one thing. It didn't give us closure. So Jameis, I can't say was terrible because he didn't play a full season. And frankly, he was doing enough for them to win games with good defense, which if you're playing team football is kind of what they're asking you to do. And on the other hand, he didn't play well enough in the two, first two months stretch that he had to justify people saying that he played like a great quarterback and he's a top 10 quarterback because that's not the case. So there is a gray area there. And I think him getting injured, unfortunately, didn't give the Saints an answer as to is Jameis our guy or is Jameis not our guy? They didn't get that answer. So I think not getting the closure on that situation makes it even more sense to bring him back because A, you need a quarterback for this year. B, you didn't get your answer from last season, so maybe he could be the quarterback past this season. And C, sometimes it's okay to play for today while also preparing uh, preparing for tomorrow, excuse me. And what I mean by that is the Saints can sign Jameis Winston and still draft a quarterback, and I don't care if that would get people mad or people think it's a waste of a pick or waste of a signing with Jameis, you can do those things. Like, I, I don't think that's impossible. And even if the Saints really like a rookie quarterback this year, if they don't think they're ready, and honestly, I think the only one I feel confident about being day one ready is Kenny Pickett because of all the starts he's had and all the experiences and the systems that he's gone through, I, I think he's the guy who can start day one. Now, I think if you're going to game plan around Malik Willis, you can probably put together an interesting package where he could start week one, but again, you're probably limiting some things you can do. I think Malik easily has the most upside, but maybe not ready to start week one. But again, who knows? Really, the only way you find out is if you throw them into the fire. So I think with Jameis, it makes a lot of sense. If the Saints were to sign him, I'd have no issue with that move. I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense for both parties. It definitely makes the most sense for Jameis. You know, I saw some something go out today. It might have been from Pro Football Focus, you know, what is the best fit for James Winston? This is the best fit for him because he's going to have to learn another system and go into another environment and another locker room with a different culture and a different coaching staff. He wouldn't have to do that if he stays here. So ideally, it would be good for him. There will be other teams interested in him. I think this idea that the Saints can just go sign him if nothing else works out is false. I think that you have the next week or two to figure out if you can do better than him. And if you can't do better than him when free agency opens, that's probably the guy you're going to have to sign. And that's okay. But they can't just probably do what they did last year, which was give them a one-year offer that is a lot of incentivized money, then guarantees and, and upfront stuff. Because whether or not he met my expectations or someone else's expectations, he did help his value out. That's a fact. That is not opinion. So I think the market will be there. So we'll see what happens. But again, like I said, Saints appear to be comfortable with the possibility of bringing back Winston. Totally okay with me. I think that it's fun in the Januaries and Decembers to think about Russell Wilson and the Saints and all that. But as the weeks go on and the months go on, you're like, okay, that's probably not going to happen. Let me be realistic here, you know? Because I think that, I, I, I forgot who mentioned it, but like the minute your regular season's over, if your team's not in the playoffs, that's like the perfect time to start fantasizing about who might be your quarterback or what trades you might make or what signings you might make. 
that is an okay period to do that because there's nothing really else going on for your team. And then as soon as the offseason fully kicks in and, and things are going into full swing, all right, that's when you start being a little realistic. You're like, okay, trades off the board. So it's Jameis and or draft a quarterback. I don't care if it's lame. I'm like, okay with that. Uh, it's it's reality. And I think it's there's worse situations you can be in. And again, if you're the Saints and you're riding this whole continuity thing, it, it makes sense, man. It makes sense. So that, that's kind of just my two cents on this Jameis Winston situation. I think him coming back absolutely would not be the worst thing in the world. I think when you look through the options, who are you going to sign better than him? The answer is probably no one. And who you're going to draft, if it's not Pickett, then maybe you sign Jameis and maybe you draft a quarterback like a Carson Strong or Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter and they don't play at all this year and maybe next year they play. Who knows? Again, until you have a quarterback, you got to sign them, you got to draft them, you got to figure it out so you got your answer and the Saints are in that situation. So we'll see what happens. But again, Jameis Winston coming back seems like a very, very, very real possibility. So before I get into the restructures, which I want to talk about kind of briefly, just want to add for people who don't know yet, and obviously you've probably seen it on Twitter, the Saints are playing in London next season. It's been talked about for about a month now. Opponents still not out yet because the NFL needs to make it a spectacle about what the schedule is going to be, which is kind of ridiculous because I think people are trying to plan out the season from now. And, a, you know, a game in London, if people want to make that trip across the pond, they probably want to know as soon as possible, but they'll have to wait till that little TV spectacle comes out. But again, Saints in London. Not sure who they're going to play. This was expected, though. People knew it. It's going to be a home game probably for them, which takes away one of their nine home games. They had nine road games last year. They're supposed to get nine home games this year, but it's really eight home games, eight road games in a neutral site, if we're being honest. So that is that. Let's get into the restructures. So over the weekend, Saints restructured Ramchek's contract, Michael Thomas's contract, and Andrews Pete's contract, which stating the obvious means they will they will be on the roster this year. You don't restructure deals of that magnitude and then trade them. Obviously, we knew Ramchek would be back. I guess Pete and Michael Thomas would be the two that people were a little uncertain of. Pete, I felt pretty good about. But the Michael Thomas one's the big one. Because once you restructure Michael Thomas's deal and you're pushing cap charges to other years, you're on the hook for those cap charges. And there would be nothing dumber than the Saints restructuring Michael Thomas's deal. And then a couple months later, being like, all right, let's trade him and we'll, we'll pay for that. You know, uh, it's on me. That would be stupid. And that's not going to happen. Michael Thomas will be back. Andrews Pete will also be back. And whether or not people like it, I think the Saints watched this season and they, just like some fans like myself, said, okay, yeah, Andrews Pete's not that good, but, you know, we've done a lot worse. We're doing a lot worse at right guard. And I think for the Saints, whether it's ability to go out in the screen game, whether it's ability to play offensive tackle and left guard, I think that Andrews Pete's better than people think. I know you probably just punched your screen if you're watching this on video or slammed your iPhone if you're listening to it on podcast format. But that's the truth, man. Like, I think he's a little bit better than people think. Is he great? Absolutely not. Does he get beat enough to drive you up a wall? Absolutely. But the Saints can do worse. They've been doing worse. They'll bring him back. They'll restructure it. It is what it is. You got to kind of live with that deal. They signed it. They made the bed. They're going to lie in it. I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay. I can't keep getting angry over Andrews Pete, man. I'm going to lose my oxygen over shit that doesn't matter. So I, I think for Andrews Pete, man, it's okay with them bringing back Michael Thomas, though. That is the one that really, really gets me pumped. And for anyone who was like, oh, it could have been a salary cap move. They could still move him. No. And his tweet confirmed it. 
you know, I, I hate playing. Let's read into Michael Thomas's tweets because I don't get paid enough to do that shit. But man, if he puts out a post that says a fresh start isn't a new place, it is uh, it isn't a new place. It is a mindset. It's basically him, him telling you, I don't need to get traded out of New Orleans to have a fresh start. I'm gonna have my fresh start in New Orleans. Because man, I, every time he tweets, someone hits me up. How? What does this mean? What? I don't know what's going through Michael Thomas's head. And frankly, I don't want to know what's going through his head. But when he puts that out after he just restructured his deal, that is a dead giveaway that he's okay with staying in New Orleans, which is great news for the New Orleans Saints because I don't know how many times we have to say this, the Saints and Michael Thomas are better together. He is perfect for New Orleans' system. New Orleans' offense is 10 times better when he's on the field, especially the passing attack. So it makes a lot of sense. I'm thrilled for it. You guys know how I feel about Michael Thomas. If I'm just talking strictly as a fan, for the last five years, he's been my favorite player. There's a reason you will see over my shoulder, basically where my thumb is right now, there's a picture of Michael Thomas. I think he's an outstanding football player. I think he's got that killer instinct to him. The last two years, though, have just been a, a shit show. You know, whether or not it's his fault, and part of it is, and, and a lot of it isn't, because you can't control injuries. That, that is something that people have to get through their heads. The last thing Michael Thomas wanted to do was miss two years of football. But shit didn't go his way. And now he's got a chance to kind of reconcile with the Saints and also prove to the league, which I'd imagine he's going to have that chip on his shoulder, that he's still one of the best in the game. Because Cooper Cup's great and Devontae Adams is great and there's a bunch of other great receivers in this league. Michael Thomas is towards that top of the list. He's in that upper echelon of wide receivers. So when he comes back, and he's out in the fold. That passing attack is going to be immediately better than it was last year. And I'm excited for him. And I think for, for Michael Thomas, it, it is just a really nice way to close this off. Because I think for me specifically, there was a time where I was like, I don't know if he's coming back. And I don't think he's coming back. For them to get to this point, hey, I wonder how he feels about Sean Payton behind the scenes. But that's besides the point. Because Sean leaves and now everything seems pretty fine. But... B, I think it does speak volumes to the culture because I think some teams might have been like, all right, you're going to do what you did. Get the hell out of here. We're, we're done with you. And I think the Saints did a really good job of finding ways to mend the relationship and, and, and kind of break down those walls in a good way to make sure they can get back on the same page. And if you're on the same page and he's healthy, I, I think he's going to be, be damn good. Will he be offensive player that you're good? I have my doubts, but again, if there's someone that's going to prove me wrong on this team, it is him because he is just, in, ter in terms of mindset, cold stone killer. So, I'm sorry, cold stone, stone cold killer. I'm thinking of ice cream right now. What wouldn't be the worst thing in the world? But anyway, yeah, cold, <laughs> cold stone, stone cold killer, Michael Thomas. Now I'm cracking up. I'm thinking about ice cream, man. It's one of those Mondays for me recording. But anyway, let's keep it going. Let's talk about that cap situation because I mentioned the contracts that they restructured. They knocked out about $34 million, still got a decent chunk to go, about 42 more to go, but that is light work for Kai Harley and Mickey Loomis. Like, absolute light work. And I will say, it cracks me up that the annual tradition of people still not understanding how the Saints operate is going strong because when they restructured it, I had so many people drop that, you know, how is he getting away with it video, which is a classic. So, so many people saying, oh, when the bill comes for the Saints, it's going to be brutal. I tweeted, and I feel strongly about this, 
the kicking the can down the road thing for the Saints that people love to talk about, they don't realize how long that road is. That road is the equivalent of the runway in the fan, uh, Fast and Furious 6 movie. That runway, by the way, I think that scene lasted like 45 minutes. Realistically, they should have ran out of ground for that plane to just continue going down that runway. But it never did until, spoiler alert, character died. But besides the point, that's how I feel with the Saints team. Every year, here it comes. You got It's time to pay up. It's time to pay up. And then they push it down the road. And I think what people forget, and I think this is important with the Saints situation, if the cap keeps going up, they're just going to keep pushing money down the road. Because when you push money down the road, the new cap space is kind of going to eat that money up a little bit. And all of a sudden, slowly and slowly and slowly, you're ticking away at your, your projected over the cap. Like last year was 100, this year was 72. Like you're all of a sudden just chopping down at that thing. And that is good news for the Saints. So people can keep tweeting about it, but they're going to keep doing it. And remember, they can get under the cap without cutting a single player. I do think they will cut some players. Like, I think there's no need for them to have Bradley Roby. If they could trade Bradley Roby, great. If not, you just cut him. And again, people are going to say that was a waste of a third-round pick, but they did not know that Paulson Adebo was going to be as good as he was going to be. So I'm okay with the Saints kind of going for that insurance play. And you know what? Maybe that pushed Paulson Adebo to be as good as he was in his rookie year. We do not know. But what I do know is that he's probably the one guy that the Saints can cut that's a good player, and people will make a big stink about, oh, my God, see, this is what happens when you're over the cap, you have to cut Bradley Roby. And then they can just go search up real quick how many snaps uh, Bradley Roby played this year. I mean, games he started. I don't feel like an entire jackass, but that's just kind of how the Saints are playing this game. And at $42 million over, with the restructures they can make, with guys like DeMario and Cam and, and some other contracts they could work in. And remember this, by the way. Teron Armstead's a free agent. And I'm going to talk about Teron before I, I close out this podcast. Jerron Armstead's a free agent, and if the Saints are able to re-sign him, that that could help his cap number for the 22, uh, 2022 season. His cap number for the 2022 season is $13 million, and that's with him not on the team. So if you bring him back, that could actually lower the cap, which would be the funniest thing because not only would the Saints re-sign, who I think is their best free agent, Marcus Williams is arguably more important, but I think if you're saying, okay, Teron's always playing, if he were always playing, he would be the better free agent. If they could bring him back while lowering his cap number, people would freak the hell out. Freak out. But it, it is a, re- a realistic situation for him. But again, guys like Lattimore, guys like DeMario, guys like Cam Jordan, the Saints can tinker around with those cap numbers. And I remember a lot of us last season were like, I don't know if I would touch so-and-so's contract. And Cam Jordan was one of those contracts because a lot of people were like, hey, he's not playing well. Do the Saints really want to restructure his contract? That could be a waste. And then Cam Jordan just finishes the season on an absolute heater, I would say. And that $23 million, uh, $23 million cap hit for next season, if you want to move stuff around and maybe push money into 2024 instead, not the worst thing in the world because Cam Jordan was still doing it on the outside. And I still have this theory in my head that eventually you could kick Cam Jordan inside a little bit and he would be really good as he gets older. But if he's not ready for that step yet, you're still getting really good production on the outside. I mean, the dude is is still balling out at this stage in his career. So I'm not worried about the cap situation. I think the Saints can do enough to actually have spending money, which they can use on a tight end. They can use on bringing back Marcus Williams or Teron Armstead. They can use 
on getting a maybe an offensive guard that's like a swing player that they can use because Cesar Ruiz needs some competition to push him out the door perhaps or push him into being an actual competent player, one or the other. I know that was harsh, but it's the truth. They might not have spending money. So I'm not really worried about the cap situation. What I am worried about, and not really worried, you know, shaking in my boots over here, but Marcus Williams or Toronto Armstead, I kind of think it's coming down to one or the other. And I felt that way for a while. I still feel that way. And as the days go by, I'm starting to think that maybe it's Toronto Armstead that they're going with. And I don't, I really don't know if there's a, a bad choice here. Like, I think a lot of people think Marcus Williams is a no-brainer choice because he's younger and he's ascending. And I love Marcus Williams, so I'm not against that idea. But I do think there is something to be said about the fact that not only would Teron Armstead coming back lower his cap hit, and not only would he give them another great leader, when Armstead is healthy, he's still one of the best left tackles in football. Like, you can make an argument outside of Trent Williams and and maybe uh, David Bakhtiari, but again, I think that dude is just a holding machine. I think that Armstead is right there. Like, I think Trent Williams is better than him, but I think outside of Trent Williams, and obviously Trent Williams is a freak of nature, I think Armstead's right in that top three, top five left tackle. I don't know if there's a bad choice. Like, I, I know if they sign Armstead and he gets hurt, which he probably will because the dude just, he just, the position he plays, you're going to get injured. And he plays through a lot of it. I'm sure people will complain. But the flip side is you don't re-sign him and then Hurst is your left tackle. Maybe if he starts playing bad, that's, that's a bad spot, regardless of who your quarterback is next year, to have a left tackle that maybe you don't feel super confident about. So I think the Saints have a decision to make. I think that the fact that people like Nick Underhill are saying they would lean towards Armstead coming back makes me think that Armstead does want to come back. And I, and I will say this. I'm not saying Armstead will take a hometown discount. That is absolutely not what I'm going to say in that regard. I do think, though, if there were a player out of the two that was going to say, I can take a million or two million less, I'd imagine that would be Armstead because Marcus Williams, and rightfully so, is seeking that first huge contract of his NFL career, and he deserves it. I don't know if that'll be from the Saints. All I will say is that I do hope at least one of them is back. I do anticipate that at least one of them is back, and I'm sure when one of them signs, people will be pissed that the Saints managed to re-sign a key free agent with not a lot of money, but we do this every year, guys. We literally do this every year. The Saints were over the cap when they gave Marcus Williams the franchise tag. Made for a fun Twitter day, but, you know... It's things like that that uh, that kind of make you smile in, in these type of off scenes. But again, Toronto Armstead situation, not sure how it will go down, but I, I start to just look around and I'm like, I don't know. I kind of think he's coming back, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Wouldn't be shocked if I'm wrong again, but that's where I'll leave it at. Kind of ended here for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. So again, recapping everything in about 20 seconds. Saints feel comfortable with Jameis Winston coming back, and I talked about it earlier. Makes a lot of sense. Michael Thomas is staying put for the 2022 season, and that just puts a damn smile on my face on this Monday as I'm recording it. And to Ron Armstead, gut feeling? I kind of think he's coming back for at least another couple seasons with the Saints. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, guys, if something does break, you know, at any point this week, I will go out and make a podcast for you guys to discuss it. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some Lattimore restructuring news in a couple days. He did have a cryptic tweet that made me think, Maybe that's coming for him. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we have other restructures, and I would not be surprised with the NFL Combine coming up this week for us to hear some splash reports about Saints spoke to so-and-so about an interview or, or spoke to a different team about a trade. That type of stuff comes out this week. So brace yourselves for that exciting week. Maybe that leads to nice content for, for us to talk about here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the NFL Combine coming up. And if anything breaks, we'll be back here to recap it as always. So have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you very, very soon. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.